Next on BYU Sports Nation, the biggest surprise of the week one BYU football depth chart. Are you brimming with confidence or feeling cautious? Former Cougars and current football analysts Blaine Fowler and David Nixon on what they expect Saturday versus Arizona. Plus, BYU women's volleyball jumps in the national rankings and the most unshocking player of the week award ever. Hashtag hatch trick. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, August 30th, last time I checked, it's still game week for BYU football. And BYU's still trying to get into the Big 12. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who has been sober every day of his life, Jerem Jordan. Man, this is awkward. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> hey, congratulations. The Princeton Review came out and said that BYU is the number one stone-cold sober school in the U.S. This is, this is cause for celebration. We did this last year again. We've already sampled a little bit. But mm-hmm, look, mm-hmm. 19 years, you can see it on the bottle for those listening. Number one stone-cold sober school, 19 years. So this came out yesterday. This means that BYU just printed it, anticipating they, that they would be number one again. And, of course, they are. So, so And they were right. Yeah, 19, chocolate milk. 19 years, I'll drink to that. Chocolate milk, <laughs> baby. Yeah, we'll drink to that. Exactly. Cheers. Woo, cheers. Another off-the-field championship for BYU. It's a wonderful, wonderful day. That's good. In Studio That's B. really good. Yep, the chocolate milk that is produced by the Brigham Young University Creamery is also still delicious. Jaren's going to drink the whole thing. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good choice. For Bam! <laughs> I, I got to throw up now. I'm just kidding. That was delicious. Holy cow. That was impressive is what it was. What in the world? Just throw it off There's the set. Garbage in the studio. I'll pick. Hey, I'll pick it up later. You don't have to. Aren't if you, you going to display the 19 you years on on the desk the rest of the show, Jaren? That's yours is for Fine. Man, that was de- I am so strong now. I feel amazing. Yeah, how's your, how's your voice right now, though? Oh, so, <laughs> so amazing. Congratulations to David Rogers and Austin Lawyer. Both won a pair of tickets to see BYU against Arizona on Saturday yeah. in Glendale. All they did was watch the show, follow us on Twitter, and answer yesterday's question correctly. If you didn't win yesterday, I have fantastic news. There are... Four more tickets available and another chance to win a pair. If you'd like a hint on how to win today's tickets. Four more tickets. Here you go. Follow us on Facebook. That's it. Wow. (laughs) It's really complicated. Isn't it, though? Speaking of Facebook, uh, after uh, practice today at football, about 1.10 Eastern time, we will have Facebook Live. Live from uh, practice again. I just want to. I just want to keep holding these tickets because there's a football game on Saturday. I can't believe it. It's great. Oh, here are today's BYUSN headlines. BYU released its depth chart for Arizona. True freshman Troy Warner is the starting left cornerback, and Kalani Satake says Travis Tuiloma, defensive lineman, will be a game time decision. Also, Nick Kurtz is fine and will play. Had a great practice, according to his coach. More on the depth chart in just a moment. BYU Football also announces the captains for 2016. They are Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Kainakua, 
and Harvey Longy. In fact, Harvey Longy had this to say about the captains. We're the old guys, you know. All the old guys are, are usually the captains, so that, that's another mark. You have a C on, that means you're, you're pretty much uh, 23 years and older at BYU, you know. He doesn't mince words about stuff like that. In some cases, 26. I remember when I was playing back yeah. here in 2010. When I was at Utah scoring a <laughs> touchdown versus Brigham. <laughs> Yeah. We're the old guys. They are the old Well, BYU, we're the old guys. That we're should be the 2016 thing. 23 or older. We average 21.4 years of age. Or in Taysom's case, you're 26. Yeah. Ashley Hatch is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week, and that is super shocking, said nobody ever, <laughs> after notching a hat trick, or as we like to call it, a hatch trick. Yep. Three goals, all three goals, and an upset of the defending national champion Penn State Nittany Lions. The game coming up with Tennessee. Uh, on Friday night on BYU TV, 9 Eastern. And women's volleyball, they're up to number 10 in the latest AVCA poll. So they jumped up three spots after the 3 nothing weekend, uh, three wins. The Cougars traveled to Ohio State this weekend to play the Urban Myers as well as Wyoming and LIU Brooklyn. Can you tell me LIU Brooklyn's mascot? Yes, it's the uh, Snowhawks. Congratulations, Jerem Jordan. What is it? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I have, I have no idea. I pride blackbirds. myself on, on knowing a lot of them. That, hey, that were, wasn't that far off, man. The you, blackbirds. Snowhawks to blackbirds. Isn't it I was think, a, you had the foul part, right? Isn't it's the a, men's basketball team playing LIU Brooklyn? Or is that somebody else? I think they're playing them. This is important to know. Okay. Jay, anyway. While Jerry Jordan looks that up, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. From the depths of the gridiron. Kalani Satake and the BYU football staff released their week one depth chart yesterday, revealing the projected starters at each position for Saturday's game with Arizona and the backups at each of those spots. Like a starved pack of wolves, fans and media, <laughs> us included, cougars. devoured the ribeye steak in the form of game notes. Finally, <laughs> we have them. We have game notes. We have the meats. Examining every position top to bottom, and then back up, and then again, repeated 74 times. Shortly thereafter, the prognostications begin, because that's what we do. And we are venturing there with today's Twitter question. After seeing the BYU depth chart, where is your level of confidence going into Saturday's game? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94. 100% confident in defense, but the O-line and kicking game worry me. Possibly. Possible leading score and a key to offense hmm. at Adam Fox 83. O-line and place kicker make me nervous. Same thing. D, however, looks to be solid. Yeah, same, same idea from both those tweets. Yeah, Adam and Mr. Flintstone may be onto something there with their concerns, and that takes us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has 54 career starts returning on the offensive line. That's a lot, right? If you remember earlier this year during the summer, Phil Steele, uh, had BYU at number 10 nationally with 101 career returning starts. But that included Brad Wilcox and Kyle Johnson, oh. who aren't in the mix for BYU now. So now the Cougars are 78th nationally with 54 starts returning. Now that's a significant hit with no Brad Wilcox and no Kyle Johnson available for BYU at this time. There's no uh, official starting numbers for people, but to me, Jamal Williams is the leading returning starter for BYU with 30 career starts, followed by Kyle Johnson with 29. We did not include his number into that 54 because 
all indications are that he's on the roster but not going to participate, at least for now, on this team. Okay, so what in the world now? Who is playing on the offensive line if Brad Wilcox and Kyle Johnson are not there with all of those starts? Let's take a look at one of the more concerning areas for BYU football, and it starts with a couple of Ed Lamb guys at Southern Utah. A couple of Thunderbirds. So Andrew Idy and Kean Norman, come on down. Those are two grad transfers from Southern Utah, and they immediately start. Six foot five, three hundred one for Idy. Six foot three, three hundred five for Norman. Both these guys graduated. Now Norman is a junior. He graduated after two years. Uh, so both these guys are ready to rock. Idy is a senior. Uh, so welcome to Brigham. And then Tijon Karoma. After all the drama of not being in spring, of the questions about whether he would be on this team in the fall, he's your starter again going into the season. He's only missed one game the last two years. Uh, It was the San Jose State game, so 25 games under his belt. He's the most experienced guy in that O-line. Then Parker Daw, who is the backup center, starting center in spring, actually. He's your right guard. That's where you would have had Kyle Johnson. And then Ului Lapuahu is your starting right tackle, who he's been uh, kind of a uh, now a three-year starter. There is your starting offensive line. The Keep in mind, the left side, the blind side of the quarterbacks are guys that are playing in their first game for Brigham Young University. Isn't that wild? So, so Taysom Hill, Andrew Idy has got to be his best friend, man. Right? His best friend to watch his back. Although Taysom Hill is pretty good at moving around in the pocket, last I heard. <laughs> it is a bit surprising to see how it all shook out with the offensive line. Because, again, you just, like Phil Steele pointed out, you expect those guys to come back and BYU going to have plenty of depth. Well, now BYU is relying on a couple of guys that weren't even wearing BYU uniforms last year to protect the left side of this new pro-style offense. Challenge issued. Other big surprises that we have noticed as we look at the new depth chart in week one, and I want to go with the cornerback, Troy Warner, Jerem. Mm. True freshman starting opposite Michael Davis. Now, we know that Troy's a baller. Four-star guy originally committed to Oregon. Listen, BYU will take uh, a guy like that every time because he's fantastic. Younger brother of Fred, he's a baller. He really is. Ranked as the number 18 safety coming out of high school. I mean, this guy's legit. So he's your other starter. And then Michael Davis is uh, a really good cornerback for BYU. He's, he's bound to have a good season. Elias Tuiaki loves him, thinks he has next-level talent. Backed up by Akile Davis for Warner. And then Austin McChesney, is, uh, a lone peak guy, uh, he's, he's the backup to Michael Davis. So he's a freshman. So a couple of freshmen make the, the depth chart at cornerback, which has a ton of experience there. We're not seeing some names I think we thought we might see, which is uh, Diane Lake. In the mix. Michael Shelton. Isaiah Armstrong, Chris Wilcox were in the mix. So I think there's some ballers in that uh, group. You notice something with these guys that are on the two deep depth chart at cornerback. They're all over six feet tall. Troy Warner, 6'1". Akile Davis, 6'2". Michael Davis, 6'2". Austin McChesney, 6'1". It's ideal, right? You, you would Like Brian Logan was 5'6", but he was a tremendous player. If you can get a guy with that kind of ability that's a little taller, hey, these receivers generally are going to be six foot plus, so that can only help. Brian Logan is the first to admit, if I were six foot or taller, I'd be playing. I'd in the still NFL. be playing in the league, I'd be playing man. In the NFL right now. <laughs> <laughs> Brian was a good cornerback at BYU, and he he had 
amazing heart and amazing technique to overcome the lack of height. Elisa Tuiaki pointed out that he feels the linebackers are the strongest part of the defense right now, or at least That's where he has the most confidence. I and, thought that would be the secondary right? because of the experience. Yes, naturally. But you look at the linebacking core that he brings with him in year number one, one guy wasn't even playing on the defensive side of the ball last year, Francis Bernard, a sophomore. The other, Butch Pau, is going to get his first significant playing time. And you understand why he feels confident in Fred Warner, because Fred Warner is the man in the linebacking core. But- Fred, Fred Warner is going to be a baller, yeah. And Butch Pau has crushed it in practice. All indications are that he has been extremely physical. A little smaller of a dude, but the dude packs a punch. Big-time recruit coming out of California, kind of near where you used to live. Uh, near Palm Springs. Francis Bernard, of course, was a running back last year, and he was fantastic as a running back. And so now he's penciled in to be that other outside linebacker. So the linebackers, Fred Warner's like the only dude with significant experience that is a starter in this. So that group will be pretty new to the game. Level of confidence overall, Jerem? Uh, really confident in BYU starters. I still have some question marks about some of the depth behind certain guys, like the defensive line. Okay, there's four of you. You you have to come up with some sacks and tackles for loss now. Before it was like, well, the linebackers make the play, Spencer. It's like, no, you you have to make plays now on the defensive line. And Corbin Kafusi, by the way, is listed as or on a starting position with Moses Kamatule at one of the ends, which is a, a shock. But I, I think that BYU has great skill position players, especially on offense. I think that Harvey Longy is going to be a baller on D. I think Fred Warner will be even better. I think Michael Davis will be good. I think Troy Warner is going to be a good player. So I like the defensive starters. I do have some question marks, uh, especially with some of the depth. I do like the nose tackles BYU has with Handsome Taniello, Logan Tyler, and as soon as Travis Tuiloma is healthy to get back in there. I was confident before, but there's just something about seeing a solidified plan for your personnel, like a peace of mind almost. When you know who the guys are, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to speak to you in your language, in movie language. Let's look at it this way. In my, speak your language. If I were to, if I were to explain my confidence level right now, I'd feel like my movie. If I were a producer, okay, BYU, I'd feel like it was going to be a box office hit. This is X Men: Days of Future Past with the return of all the coaches, mm. big time mm. characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like it. and I'm feeling confident this is going to be a good movie. This is not the Dark Knight Rises level of confidence, right? But it's way higher than the Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> the Green Lantern was so bad. I actually like that movie, but it was so bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm confident. X-Men Days of Future Past. Let's go, man. And that was a good movie. It wasn't the greatest movie, but it was really good. That's an, that's an eight or nine win movie. More importantly, we're one day closer. <laughs> Countdown to the Wildcats. Four days away, and I have four tickets. Four days. Holy schnikes! There's a football game for BYU in four days. Oh, this place is going to be a wreck on Friday, <laughs> man. We are going to confetti the heck out of this place. After seeing the BYU depth chart, where is your level of confidence going into Saturday's game? At Mama Lindstrom says, My eternal optimism expects to win every game, and that's without my blue goggles. Hashtag I believe. That's totally with blue goggles. What do you... What? What? Don't eternal optimism and blue goggles go hand in hand? Yes. To be a BYU fan is to have blue goggles to some degree. <laughs> Truth. Might be one of the truest things you've ever said. What? Up next, BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon. But first, it's Uncle B. Where does he look at the depth chart and say the biggest surprise is? 
BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. The conversation happening right now on Twitter. All you need to do is follow us at BYU Sports Nation and use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, coming up tonight, it's a week of after further review. Check it out. I believe the guys are going to break down the Texas game from 2013 and preview Arizona. They'll give their predictions for the game and some of the keys to uh, to win for BYU. Check it out tonight, 7 Eastern time, after further review. After seeing the BYU depth chart, where is your level of confidence going into this Saturday's game? At Dr. Steve Best says, unchanged. We haven't seen anything yet. My excitement level, however, increases daily. I think if BYU had zero anything revealed ever prior to game one, people would still be juiced. But the more information you get, the more interviews you see, the more whatever. People get excited. People get excited because they've waited all year. It's a special time of year. The fall is something that a lot of people live for, right? Like the whole year, you're like, oh, I love September, October, November. College football, or the start thereof, has taken over that feeling of what I had when I was seven years old and would wake up on Christmas morning. I'm not kidding. Like the the first Saturday of college it's football. Every Saturday of college I'm football. I'm like, especially. yes. This is it's Christmas. It's, it's Christmas for me. And and the presents represents touchdowns. <laughs> I want a lot of presents this year. <laughs> yes, many. Sixty. Joining us now in Studio B is our good friend Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, national champion at BYU, dual threat analyst for us here on BYU TV. It is football season, Blaine. We are four days away. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> I'm having a hard time containing myself. <laughs> so so last night, last night, um, we went to the Boys to Men concert out at the Sarah Shell. Oh, and nice. Was, oh, unbelievable. Brought back the 90s, you know. I was, everybody's back to the 90s. But Kalani took the coaching staff there last night. And, so and they some were there. players went, too. Yeah. And so so um, before the thing starts, the guy that's the MC in the thing, he announces that Kalani is there. 4,000 people just erupt into applause and get on their feet. And I'm, we're not the only ones that are kind of excited that football started this week and excited about this program. I, I saw that last night. I'm like, man, people are pumped, and rightly so. This is going to be fun. Given the Desmond Howard comments, isn't that the perfect group to see prior to the season? Boys to men? Is that, <laughs> is that not the number one group that they should see? Yes. Like, not Coldplay tomorrow in Salt Lake? But boy, anyway. No. Yeah. Uh, boys to men. Yeah, boys to men. It was awesome. Okay, ABC, BBD. The depth chart comes out yesterday. <laughs> What did you think of it? People know that that was a reference to a song. Yeah. Boys to Men, ABC, BBD. You know what the ABC, BBD is about? You know what that's, what's that, what it's from? No. Another no, Bad no. Creation, ABC, and Belle Biv DeVoe, BBD. Yeah, BBD. <laughs> nice. so, but, but that was a good obscure reference. I just want to make sure everybody got it. it very nice, Jared. Very <laughs> nice. It had to do with Boys to Men. So, so back to the depth chart. Sorry, sorry to steer it over there. But I'm like, wow, that was a really a good reference. Wow. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, the depth chart. I I actually was not surprised about a single thing on the depth chart. Oh, okay, then what's the biggest storyline? So I think the story, the biggest storyline about the depth chart is you see a bunch of oars on defense. And I had a conversation with Kalani about three days ago, and we were talking, and he said, hey, I, I told um, Coach Tuiaki that there, there's nobody on this team defensively that's so ridiculous that it's 70% strength they're better than the backup at 100 mm. he says it speaks to two things first of all he feels like they're pretty good they're pretty deep defensively and so his philosophy is i told him he says i told him play 27 28 guys 
in this game against Arizona. Well, then. Especially the pace that Arizona plays at. And so he's confident in the depth. He feels like they're going to play a lot of guys defensively. And I, and I like that philosophy. If you remember when Bronco was the defensive coordinator and they were really good, man, he would just be rotating guys in and out because he wanted fresh guys that would go full speed on every play. And, and I get the sense from talking to Kalani that that's his feeling defensively. Hey, they're deep enough this year that they can do that, play a bunch of guys, and when those guys are in there, they need to know that they go 100% all out on every play, and if they need a blow, they come out, and the guy goes in behind them, and we're not going to leave a guy in there at 70% because he's gassed. We're going to put a 100% guy in for a couple plays and then get that guy back in there. So to me, that's a positive thing. People are going, oh, all the oars. That means we don't have any, you know, that, that means we're, we're struggling to know who the guy is. Nobody's grabbed that position, you know, by the horns. Well, it's not really that. It's this philosophy that they're going to get after it. They're going to be relentless in pass rushing. They're going to chase on who Solomon all over the place, and they're going to need a lot of guys to do it. What about the biggest question mark on the team when you look at the week one depth chart? It, to me, it's still the offensive line, and you guys talked about that a little bit. Um, is that a surprise to me that that ID and and uh, is that ID? No, ID, ID, ID yeah, yeah, ID and Norman are there. Not a surprise after watching eight practices in fall camp. Surprise! I didn't think that they would be there when we went into fall camp, but when I watched how quickly they adapted to the system and all that, um, I'm not surprised now that they're there. The other the other thing is. is I wasn't sure Tijon Caroma was going to be at center just because he missed spring ball and the center has to make so many calls. I didn't know from a learning curve perspective he would be there. The fact that he's there tells you a big-time story about his work ethic and what he did in fall camp because Mike Empey wasn't just going to hand him that job. I can tell you that No, for the fact. challenge was issued and Tijon apparently he stepped up. He answered the challenge. My thing was, and we talked about this behind the scenes, if he ends up being the starting center, it will be remarkable and it will be because of unbelievable effort on his part. So, so kudos to him for moving his way back up that depth chart into the starting position. That tells you he's ready to go. So the issue you have, and I, and I talked to Mike Empey the other day as well, he is not concerned about how good they are physically. He feels like he's got 11 guys that physically are very good up there. He's worried about the learning curve a little bit, and he's hoping that this week it comes together 100% and that they make the right calls. They ask him to do a lot, and they ask him to make calls and be sound on their assignments. The mental part of it is the only question in Mike's mind right now. Not physically can they play and match up. Are they going to get things right on Saturday? So that's what I'm watching for. That's still my question mark. Do they gel as a unit? Do they get their assignments right? Do they have no unblocked players coming through and smacking Jamal and Taysom? Uh, so that's my question. Uh, physically, I don't have a question. They look really good physically. How much does the huddle help Something like that. It, it really helps. And you know what? Having Louis Lapawahu back, because remember, he missed a lot of fall camp with injuries. And he's just only really been back full time for maybe a week. And, and I've watched. He's a veteran guy. And even though this is a new offense, he has kind of a calming influence on that group. He makes calls. He fixes things on the line of scrimmage. He talks to guys in the huddle. I think he's an important part. And it's, they need to kind of keep him healthy. Um, and some of the veteran guys that they were counting on because of injuries and things aren't aren't there. So young guys have had to learn a lot early. So with that, a huddle is a very important. You get in the huddle, the young guy goes, huh? You can ask questions in the huddle. You can't ask questions when you're trying to go full speed and run 90 plays. You can do that in the huddle for a young offensive line that's talented. I think the huddle is a huge advantage. And you can take advantage of your personnel better because you might have, I don't know, some oxygen or something at some point. But defensively, uh, the linebackers are an interesting case because Fred Warner is a star um, he's going to be fantastic, in my opinion. But then you have Butch Pau, 
who a lot of people were excited about out of high school. Now he gets to be the middle backer. And then the other backer is Francis Bernard, who was penciled in as the starter, but he's, he's the guy now going into game one. Yeah, both of these guys physically, they look like NFL guys. So size, physicality, all of that. It's just an experience thing. And this is a very, very physical group. So they're going to come up and smack you in the mouth uh, defensively. And the philosophy, when you're playing Arizona, their whole thing is we're going to spread you out. So you have to take extra people out of that box, that that area that's right next to the line of scrimmage where you typically have seven people. They want you to take one or two of them out so that they're going to play against six or five people in there. BYU is going to go, no, nah, we're going to leave people in the box. You will not run the football on us. And we're going to be really, really physical with these backers. And you know what that means? That means that – BYU's going to have to play a higher percentage of man-to-man -man defense on the outside than they normally would, even more than they will with this defense. They're going to play more man than they have in the past, but in this game they're going to play even more man. Mm. And then they're going to say to those linebackers, to Butch, and to and all the guys that get in there, Phil Amone, I thought, had a great fall camp, like really physical. They're going to say, do not let them run the ball an inch. They might throw it for 250 and get a few big plays, but they will not run the football. And People forget that Arizona runs the spread. I think they're more dangerous running the ball over the last four or five years than they are throwing it. So BYU's going to try to force them away from their strength and play really physical up front. Blaine Fowler with us in Studio B. We are breaking down BYU and Arizona this Saturday, four days away. If you are Arizona, or let's just say you put yourself in their coach's shoes, what are you going to do to try and stop Taysom Hill the BYU quarterback. It, it's such a difficult thing. And I've talked to a lot of coordinators getting ready for games to play against BYU when you have a quarterback like Taysom in there. You actually have to change your game plan, which you hate to do, but for him, you have to. You're playing a drop back quarterback, you say, hey, we got to be really sound with what we do. When you're playing Taysom, you go, okay, we're going to take a linebacker out of his normal assignment and we're going to say, you mirror him everywhere he goes. If he breaks containment, then you've got to run with him and you've got to come downhill. You don't have a pass coverage responsibility. We may even void a zone in the middle just to account for him running the ball. So now you've got one extra zone that's not covered defensively. On the D-line, you tell your tackles, don't get out of your rush lanes. Don't spin. Don't do anything crazy because we can't leave him a gap. We have to push up into his face. And defensive ends, we know we normally want you to run as fast as you can and, and turn that corner. Don't do that. When you get parallel with a quarterback, you got to come back inside and push it back in because you can't let this guy out. you got to force him to stand in the pocket and throw, you know, throw the ball downfield. So you have to completely change your defense. That's what Taysom Hill brings is – you do something different than you do any other week because of the threat of him running. You could be on your own 10-yard line. BYU's going to drop back to throw a ball. You get one tackle that gets out of his rush lane, and Taysom Hill runs 90 yards for a touchdown. There, there's not another quarterback in the country that's the run threat that he is to do that. And so they will change their game plan, and they will account for him that way, and it, and it makes – for opportunities for other people in the regular run game for Jamal and for, for um, you know, Squally and that group in the throw game in the middle of the field. There's big opportunities because of that run threat. It's a wild feeling, and we've had it three years in a row, and hopefully it lasts more than it has the last two years, but that Taysom Hill is the quarterback. And, and you look at what Arizona brings to the table. They, well, they were terrible on defense. Fired the defensive staff. Marcel Yates is back, uh, who BYU saw the last two years at Boise State. How many points do you think BYU could put up on Saturday? We, we'll tell you hours after you Okay, so, so this is a hard thing because this is a team that last year – now, you just, it's a different staff defensively. So they bring Yates down from Boise State. And Boise State's always been really sound from a scheme perspective defensively. But it's the same guys that five of their last ten games 
last year gave up 49 plus. It's the same guys that nine of their last 10 games gave up 30 plus. They were terrible. They were not good defensively. They just, and it looked like they lacked confidence. And, and it, certainly they have some athletes over there. When Scooby Wright got hurt, that hurt them because that was a big confidence, you know, so he wasn't consistent. But they lose him. So he's not out there. Superman's not out there on defense. This is the big mystery to me. I, I, I think BYU is going to score 30 plus in this ballgame. 30 okay. plus. But, but, said- but keep in mind, Arizona. Since since Rich Rodriguez has been there, so in the entire time he's been there, they average 33 points a game. They've been really good offensively the entire time he's been there. Whether they've been really good or not really good on a given year, they're always very balanced and very good offensively, very effective. So I think BYU might have to score 30 to be able to beat this team. I think it's a 30s to a 20s kind of game. Yeah, I'm with that. And, and I think BYU scores 31 plus, and Spencer said 27. Yeah, I plus. feel. So, I, you know what? Same idea. Yeah. We're in the same. Yeah. We're hey. David Nixon better say something different. You're not alone because I sent out a poll question yesterday, uh, almost 850 votes. 40% of that vote says BYU 30-plus. And this is with this idea, and we discussed this yesterday in a pre-production meeting for Countdown to Kickoff. The last time that BYU – the last three times BYU's rolled out a new OC, new offensive coordinator, 11 points a game average, which is super – it just takes a second. But they didn't have Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams. That was our point yesterday. And, hey, and I'm going to add a guy – and Trenman on the outside. And there won't Game be a hurricane in Virginia right. to that slow was, this down. That was just brutal. Luckily, it's in a sort of dome. Weather will not be a concern. I was actually waterlogged at that game. I've never been <laughs> yeah, waterlogged. Were there. That's right. But, but That's that was, right. yeah, that was awful. And it started and stopped. How many times? Hey, let's have two half times. Why don't we? So hard to get a rhythm with a new offense when you're yeah. you go off the field in the first half and then you come back out for a couple minutes. Then you go back in and, and the, it's raining and the ball's 900 pounds. That's a little bit of an exaggeration. But <laughs> I've told you guys a billion times not to exaggerate. <laughs> Blaine Fowler with his 744th interview on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah. It's good to have you, man. Uh, watch for Blaine tonight on After Further Review. Yeah, we're going to break it down. Dave will be with us, too. Dave and Dave, Brian, we're going to give you a good Arizona preview. And we're going to look at that Texas game and some of the things that Taysom does that makes him so difficult to defend. Like hurdle defenders. <laughs> <laughs> After seeing the BYU depth chart, where is your level of confidence for Saturday's game? Up next, David Nixon brings his swag to Studio B. He's in studio. There he is. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is a huge week of programming including football. Oh, there's a lot going on, including the debut of Countdown to Kickoff, our hour-long TV pregame show, live from Glendale, Arizona with Dave McCann, and then back here in Provo, Spencer Linton, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and uh, David Nixon, who will join us in just a moment. It's at 9.30 Eastern time coming up Saturday. If you're local and you want to come hang out, come to the building, 8 and up. Uh, You can get on TV, uh, watch the game on a 27-foot screen, free pizza at halftime. It's a great time. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. The Cougars and their football staff released the depth chart for game number one against Arizona. Some notables. True freshman Troy Warner starting at left cornerback. Kalani Satake, the head coach, says Travis Tuiloma on the defensive line will be a game-time decision. And wide receiver Nick Kurtz is fine and expected to play. More on the depth chart with David Nixon in just a few moments. The captains were also announced. They are Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Kainakua, and Harvey Longy. The old guys. The only bad thing about that is they don't run out with the team. 
Because they have to go out and do the coin toss kind of while that's happening. That's the only knock on that for them personally. That's okay. BYU fans still let out a hearty cheer every time the captains come out. And yeah. so because it's those... like a separate yes. entrance. Yeah, yes. Exactly. Ashley Hatch, the West Coast Conference Player of the Week, after scoring a hat trick or a hatch trick, all three goals in BYU women's soccer upset of the defending national champion Penn State Nittany Lions 3-2. to two. And women's volleyball climbed to number 10 in the latest ABCA uh, poll the Cougars traveled to Ohio State this week to play the Buckeyes as well as Wyoming, those guys again, or ladies, and LIU <laughs> Brooklyn. <laughs> which are I not thought BYU got out of the Mountain West. Which are not the Snowhawks, but the Blackbirds. The Blackbirds. <laughs> Blackbirds. That's right. We learned something. It's not often we get to experience David Nixon in Studio B. Yeah. Not on the phone. He is actually here. But he complained when he came in, though. Let's just talk about that for a second. <laughs> I was having my best round of golf ever, and I had to cut it short. 14, man. It was so true. I was playing well, but I was like, man, I better leave. Got to go, gotta go hang out with these guys, you know? Thank you. But I'm glad, you, I'm glad you wore your golf polo today, so I didn't feel out of shape, you know? I feel like... You know, at least I dressed to the occasion. This I was guess. purposeful. Yeah. Yes. I knew you were you coming was, on the show today. And you knew I was be golfing today too, right? Yes. Yeah. I had was, no idea you were coming on, so I just wore my regular plaid. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, Jeremy. There always, was motivation behind this. This is a big day for you. Not only are you in Studio B, but you're on After Further Review tonight as well. Yeah, a lot of BYU TV today. It's, uh, I mean, that, it's that time of the year, so it's exciting, right? I mean, you know when you're on BYU TV a lot in one day, then it's that time of the year. So uh, football's here, which is, which is awesome. Yeah, I, baby. It, I never thought I'd be watching a Hawaii Cal game on a Friday night, <laughs> but I kind of told my wife, let's cut things short. Like, I want to get back to the house, and I was made sure I was sitting on my couch to watch that ball kick off because then that's the real official start. Yeah. And sure enough, here we are, just Fan- four days away. It's fantastic. Uh, let's talk about the captains for a moment. I believe you were a captain for BYU. Yep. What, what's the difference like for the captains versus the rest of the team at the beginning of the game other than – uh, like, you have to go out for the coin toss there, but it's kind of a different mindset because you're not running out onto the field with the rest of the guys, right? Yeah, no, you, so so at least with, how it was with Bronco, we go into a room with Bronco, the four captains, and we sit down and we kind of have a meeting, um, and he talked through the coin toss and what our his strategy was if, if we wanted to defer, if we wanted to receive, uh, but also just kind of what his expectations were with the game, and every game was different. You know, some were short talks and some were long, trying to say, listen, we're going to need you guys to rally the guys around. This is going to be a tough competition. And then some games, you know, let's just go out there and beat them or whatever and every talk was different <laughs> Bronco was one of those guys that you know I remember my my freshman year uh when he was a defense coordinator his first year he was thrown up in the in the showers he was so nervous about the game really yeah and, but as he as he progressed in his coaching career obviously he didn't get as nervous but he in big games he would get a little nervous and he keep those talks a little short uh but yeah then you head out together as captains and you go out there to the midfield and you were mentioned earlier it is kind of a bummer because it really is fun to run out with your team um, but it's also fun to be there with your three other captains and, and you're walking hand in hand to the coin toss. So. When you walk out to the field, I mean, that moment is interesting because it's the first kind of encounter with the other yeah. team, although you, you shake hands and you want to be friendly. What is it about that moment that is like, here we come? There's some kind of intimidation factor to that moment. Well, right? it's always fun because when you walk out of the locker room here at you know, home, you get, all the fans are already lined up waiting, so you kind of get your, your own special love, right? Um, but then if you're on the road, you got guys yelling at you, and they're calling you by name because there's only four of you, right? Um, 
but yeah, then you go out there in the midfield and, and you're right, the, the whole field's open to you basically. It's a cool feeling. And, uh, you know, you look at the, at the, at the team captains this year and, and those guys are so deserving. And a lot of them have been through a lot, right? Um, you look at obviously Taysom and Jamal, uh, Harvey with his whole transfer. Even this year, on top of that, he's, he's changing positions. I mean, there, there's guys in, that, uh, that, that deserve it. And obviously the, the teammates are the ones that vote on it, right? And so those guys have earned it throughout the off season. They've been the ones here hosting the seven on seven, making sure everyone's there calling guys that weren't there and asking where were you and, and texting each other before, you know, every uh, workout during the summers. And so uh, they put the work in. Now, now it's time to kind of sit back and be that team captain and, and, and lead the team. Undoubtedly, you have reviewed the depth chart and the captains are the guys in their respective positions. But what was your main takeaway from your first look at the BYU football depth chart yesterday? You know, there wasn't much of a surprise. I think Blaine kind of mentioned that earlier. I wasn't too surprised. Troy Warner, we'd heard that he's a fantastic athlete, great corner. We've seen him in practice playing well. Um, so it wasn't a big surprise that he was a corner. Uh, offensive line, there, there's, we knew there was kind of some shuffling going on, right? And Coach Impey, he's been working around all those different pieces. And, 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 you know, the, the guys coming in late um, or coming over from SUU, et cetera. So, you know, Karoma coming back. It was, it was uh, to see that and kind of falls in order. To be honest, I don't think at the end of the game, those would be the ex exact five guys in the game, possibly. I think you'll see a lot of guys rotating. I don't think it's a set five. And we've seen that in the past with BYU's offensive line. You see a lot of guys rotate to kind of give them a breather, but at the same time, give different guys looks. And so, um, you know, this is the depth chart said, and this is what Coach Satake mentioned yesterday. Look, this is, this is what it is, but it could definitely change leading up to the game day. So, uh, you know, it's a fun look, but I remember depth charts all the time would, you know, I, in fact, I remember coaches would like forget to change the depth chart. For, oh, we, that guy's not even, he's injured this week. <laughs> he just throw it out there. So depth chart to the coaches really is just kind of sure. a piece of paper they throw out there. Yeah. Yet, if you're a, a significant contributor on this team, you're going to make that depth chart in, in all likelihood, right? Yeah. 100%. Like, do you see anyone on the depth chart that's not on the depth chart that's going to be a significant contributor? No, I mean, the ones that aren't on there that I would think would be significant contributors are, are injured or, or have other issues. So, no, yeah, everyone's on there. It's just the order and how they fall. And that's why mm. you see the lot of oars, right? Um, because who knows? Maybe those oars, the guy that's down on the bottom come game day this week, maybe he has a, a better walkthrough or whatever. Maybe he, he saw some stuff in film and coaches have that last minute kind of inkling. They flip-flop him out, and, and next thing you know, he's starting. So, uh, I, you know, I think those are, are, are all players that can kind of be, uh, you know, put in and out and uh, depending on the situation. And it is Monday. The game is Saturday. There's a lot of time between now and the game. Yeah. If you were preparing to face this BYU offense as an Arizona linebacker, what in the world could you be expecting? I mean, you kind of have an idea of Taysom Hill and that he's an amazing athlete, but this is a brand-new offense. I mean, how are you preparing mentally for this? Yeah, it's a little tough. You can't really go back and watch some high school film. I, I don't know if I'd be going back and looking at some uh, high school, private high school film uh, from Ty Detmer's days as, <laughs> as a coach down there. Uh, but you obviously see that you, you can go back and look at the actual players themselves, and, and really all you need to do is game plan for, for Taysom, really. You know? and, and as a linebacker, um, obviously that, that presents a lot of challenges. Uh, but there's a lot of things defensively you can do to, to kind of switch it up and, and try to keep a guy like that in the pocket. I remember facing, you know, freshman year Bradley Van Pelt for, for Colorado State. Uh, and, and, you know, we played uh, Dennis Dixon with Oregon. That was, that was a dual threat guy. And so there's a lot of them, but there's, you know, defensively you have to run a lot of stunts up front. And I would see if I was Arizona, I'd be running a lot of stunts. Uh, so you, you've got the ends and the tackles. The, you know, Grant Arizona runs at 3-3-5, but a lot of confusion, right? And, and with this new offensive line that is still trying to become 
become a, a cohesive unit. You, you try to confuse them as much as possible. And obviously you try to keep Taysom in the pocket because, you know, if you look at the film from Nebraska when he was healthy and from uh, the other games from, from his career, when he gets outside that pocket, he's lethal because not only is he a big guy, but he's fast and he's very agile. He can, he can put a move on you and make you look dumb in the open field. Taysom Hill's mindset seems to be pretty businesslike. I, I think he's, he's coming out very excited from his interviews, but I think he's kind of done with everything else associated with everything but practice with the guys and the games. What's the sense you're getting? Yeah, that's a, I mean, we've, we've been talking a lot lately with the season kind of getting closer, and that, that's exactly true. He, he's, he's really excited. I've never seen him this excited for a season. I mean, and, and I've seen, known him for obviously a few years now, um, and he's, he's pumped. I think you're right. I think he's ready just to put all the, the controversy there was forever to, to rest, and obviously he was going back and forth, you know, back just uh, six, seven months ago on, on where he's going to go to school. Um, that was still up for debate. And so I think with all that settled, I think he's just ready to play football. I mean, it's, it's been a whole year that he's, he's stepped on the field, and, and he's worked hard, very hard, to get back to where he is, to heal um, you know, his, his foot. And so I think he's just excited to get out there and play. And that's, and that's what he told me. He's like, I'm just, I'm just ready for it to get here and, and to go out there and play with Jamal and with these other guys that, that he thought maybe he'd never get another chance to play with, right? Um, and so it's, it's, I think it's fun for him to have the second chance. Well, he has four days. Four days until he gets to get back on the field. How many points will this BYU offense score against Arizona? And let's preface it with what we talked about yesterday. New offensive coordinator generally doesn't bode well for BYU. In fact, they're averaging 11 points in the last three games that they have done this. But then again, you don't have Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and the offensive coordinator is Ty Detmer. So what do you expect? Yeah, there's a lot of – I mean, you've got some vet, you got veteran quarterback, you've got veteran leaders, which usually you know most new staffs don't have. Um, and then you've got a new, new offensive coordinator. And so, listen, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, for me, I, first games are always tough. And, you know, you, you look back at the Virginia game and things like that, and even Nebraska, you know, BYU scored on the Hail Mary to, to, to get above 30, right? Well, even um, when you were a yep. senior – or sorry, when John Beck was a senior when you were a sophomore? Yeah. Arizona. 06 at Arizona. It was our and final. 2013, 2013 or something, yeah. wasn't it? Or something like that. And in 07, you beat Arizona. Yeah. But that wasn't any high-scoring game either. I, I, of course, I can't remember the numbers. But, but I, I, think, I don't think BYU passes 30 just for the sole reason it's the first game. And, and you're still trying to gel, and there's a lot of things you're still trying to iron out. You've got a lot of new faces, like you said, on the offensive line. I, I mean, there's just stuff you're ironing out. And, and, and for that sole reason, I think it's going to be tough to score above 30. Um, do I, they have capability to do it? Yes. But I just because of the first game, the elements. I mean, this is the first game for Ty Detmer too, right? I yes. mean, he's going to be just as nervous as the, the, the players that it's the first time for them as well. And so there's going to be some kinks they have to iron out. Do I think BYU wins? Yes, most definitely. Uh, but are they going to score above 30? I don't know. That's a tall task with, with when you throw in you know, everything that's, that's at hand. You brought a different opinion, which is what I wanted, so thank you. <laughs> and in 2007, <laughs> you won 20-7 to seven yeah, see, to not, open the season yeah, against Arizona. Yeah, not, not a huge high-scoring game. That. That's typically what happens because the first games, like I said, everyone's just trying to figure out their role and, and, and trying to make plays, right? But at the same time, there's, you know, it's usually a little sloppy on that first game. That's why a lot of these big schools like to go with cupcakes because they get all that sloppiness out. Mm. But both teams, Arizona and BYU, going right into it. And, and there'll be some, you know, there's going to be some turnovers. There's going to be some, you know, false starts or whatever it may be. They're not going to be very sharp. And for that reason, I think it keeps them under that, that 30 part. Watch David Nixon tonight on After Further Review. I think he's got four holes of his uh, round of golf I've left. Head, i got to head back you gotta out. got to go back. Yeah, i got to go back. And then, They're yeah. waiting for you to all, tee all, off on all number groups, 15. Yeah, all groups are waiting right now, so i got to get you on. <laughs> David, great to have you in the studio, man. Always fun. Thanks, guys. Looking fresh in the golf polo. I think he's about seven under par right now as well. <laughs> After Give seeing the BYU depth chart, so where is your level of confidence? <laughs>
Up next, your tweets plus women's volleyball cracking the top 10. Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live from the studio Bizzle. If you happen to miss an episode of this show in its live fashion, you can watch the rebroadcast starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time weeknights on BYU TV. And BYU and uh, Arizona get set for this week, but we will have Facebook Live interviews today after practice at 1.10 Eastern Time, so about an hour and 20 minutes away from now. We'll take you to practice. We'll recap what's said there as well, so come hang out. If you don't follow the BYU TV Sports Facebook page and you would like to win tickets to this weekend's game at the University of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale, I would strongly recommend that you do follow the BYU TV Sports Facebook page. What do you do? You like it? I think you need to like it. You yeah. like it? So fa- You like that! <laughs> Facebook.com slash BYU TV Sports. That's where you can follow that. Pay attention. We will be giving away two pairs of tickets to this weekend's game. Our Twitter cool. question today, after seeing the BYU depth chart, where is your level of confidence going into Saturday's game? At Cisco Roo says, I'd say 65% confident, 35% nervous. Yeah, how, how nervous are you for the game? There are elements about Arizona's team that make me nervous, mostly dealing with their athleticism and the escapability of one of their quarterback quarterbacks. Thanks for using a word with ability on it, because you can do that to any word. Yes. And it just becomes one word. His ability to escape. <laughs> Escapability is better. <laughs> Escapability, yes. <laughs> he's just a slippery quarterback, and he has the potential. Like He's very hot or cold. Yeah. So you're hoping that the BYU defense can do enough to – slow him down to make him have some cold moments in, in the game. And both quarterbacks are going to play for Arizona. So, I mean, that that is my biggest concern with the Arizona offense is what can a new Solomon do against BYU's new-look defense. Remember the butler in Mr. Deeds? Very, very sneaky. Mm-hmm. That's Anu Solomon. Uh, percent nervous? I don't know, 20, because it's uh, the beginning of the season. There's just a lot of unknown. I just, I just want Taysom Hill to be healthy and just see what he can do. Because I'm very he's, confident. He's an unbelievable athlete. Yes. Very confident and in very BYU's good quarterback. offensive capability. Like I said earlier in the in We're going to uh, see the new offense opening defense. segment. You know what I mean? Like there's some unknown to that that, that gives you a little bit of nervousness. There's a pretty yeah. good chance this is going to be a good movie because you've got Halle Berry and Hugh Jackman in it, okay? And it's X-Men. Oh, because it's Days of Future Past? Yes. Yeah. Now, now Halle Berry used to be really awesome. Like, it's not quite the same, right? So, like, is she the Ty Detmer in mm. this? Where, okay, he was an amazing player. Now we're trying to figure out how is he as a coordinator now. And Taysom Hill is Hugh Jackman? It'd be like if Halle Berry was the director <laughs> of the movie. That's, that's the analogy, right? At Blazel, I am sleeping easy knowing the depth chart of BYU football's backfield. BYU was terrible rushing the ball last year when all was said and done 111th nationally. You add Taste Mill and Jamal Williams to that, gonna, they should be top 30. And Squally, 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 Canada? Mm-hmm. It looks good. It was American. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, anything and everything else you need to know across the nation of BYU sports, including a West Coast Conference Player of the Week and a top 10 cracking of a BYU team. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU released its depth chart for Arizona. True freshman Troy Warner is the starting left corner. And Kalani Sitake says Travis Tuiloma will be a game-time decision. And Nick Kurtz is fine and will play. 
Pass. B- BYU football <laughs> also announced the captains for 2016, which are Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Kainakua, and Harvey Longy. Hashtag the old guys. Paul Meyerberg of the USA Today releases preseason college football 1 through 128 rankings. Meyerberg has Alabama number one and BYU number 62. That's 22 spots down from last year's rank. Boo. Stuart Mandel has BYU playing Air Force in the Poinsettia Bowl in his latest bowl projections. Watch your knees. And Arizona Athletic Director Greg Byrne says while Arizona has made a surge in ticket sales for Saturday's game, they still have less than BYU. How about that? Soccer. Chop block. Ashley Hatch (laughs) is the West Coast Conference Player of the Week after notching a hat trick, scoring all three goals in BYU's 3-2 upset of the defending national champs, Penn State. Volleyball. Climbs to number 10 in the latest ABCA poll. The Cougars travel to Ohio State to play the Buckeyes this weekend, as well as Wyoming and LIU Brooklyn. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays advanced to the second round of the FedEx Cup and will play in the Deutsche Bank Championship this weekend. Ah! Cougars in the NFL. Mitch Matthews was cut by the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this morning. Future guests include the aforementioned Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports. We're going to ask him about everything from BYU's schedule to game number one to where they stand in Big 12 conversations. Stuart Mandel is always an entertaining guest on BYU Sports Nation. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Bob Bowlesby. Naturally. I'm going to go back at some point and count how many days in a row we have given him the rise and shout. Now, on a more serious note, we'd like to add another rise and shout to former KBYU and BYU TV host and analyst Holly Rowe, who is now with ESPN and has had great success at the national level. Holly is currently battling cancer. We love and support Holly and would like to send our prayers and all the best from Studio B. Beat that Thing. Today's Twitter question. After seeing the BYU depth chart, where is your level of confidence going into Saturday's game? Let's get a few tweets in. Tweet, tweet. At Big Bluey, I feel confident in our depth with question marks on offensive line and kicking game. The rest seems solid. Can't wait until kickoff. That's been the consensus. Yeah, a lot of people feel the same way. Our elite tweet of the day, at Kip Kent. Looking at the depth chart with the naked eye, I'd say 70% confident. But through blue goggles, it's 110%. 34-24, BYU. A yeah. score prediction. There you go. I said 30s to 20s, right? Thanks to Blaine Fowler and David Nixon and everyone on our crew. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Download the podcast. For Jerem, I am Spencer. A shout-out to Chris Ellison. Remember Chris Ellison? Number four, four days away, that man. That dude could play. We're back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Chocolate milk for the win.